2: Welcome to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the Brown and Gold. The show is also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wyo Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and
3: Grill.
1: With Cowboy football, I know it was asked many times, even last summer, Coach, are you going to retire? Are you going to retire? Uh, and that was a legitimate question. It was asked during the course of the year. And as you guys know, I didn't give you an answer. Uh, as I begin to look at this team, I look at where we're at. Uh, I think we're in a really good place. I mean, a really good place. And I also think it's time for new leadership. I think it's time for new leadership to elevate our program to a higher level. And we play in a great conference, and there's great challenges and opportunities out there. And so I met with Tom, and I said, you know what, Tom, I think my time and my tenure uh Really, I need to ride off in the sunset after this last bowl game. And uh, you're going to be charged uh, with finding my replacement. And so uh, Tom began to cull through that, and I'm excited about his choice. So I will be coaching one more game. I got one more rodeo in me uh, before we ride off.
2: Craig Bull's final rodeo will take place in the desert in Tucson, Arizona Stadium, 2.30 p.m. today, Wyoming, Toledo. Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl second straight year the Cowboys have been in this bowl game. This one little extra special meaning. Uh, Cody Tucker joined as always by Jared Newland. Uh, the special, the new special meaning in this one. Craig Bowles' last ride, of course. Uh, you've also seen this line fluctuate. I'm sure that has a little <laughs> bit to do with the old ball coach hanging up his spurs after this game. I
3: think it has a lot to do with him uh, retiring and also with the four guys in the transfer portal for Toledo of, okay. of meaning anyway, we, there might be some more, but of course the number one guy is the starting quarterback. Yeah.
2: Daquan Finn, the Rockets starting quarterback, the Mac most valuable player led them to an 11 and two record overall. Should have really beat Illinois in the opener? They could have been knocking on the door trying to get into one of these new year's bowls. Also lost a, uh, we upset by Miami of Ohio in the Mac title game inside Ford field in Detroit. Uh, the Detroit native, Daquan Finn, uh now going to Baylor. Uh, but he announced right off the bat he was getting in the portal. Um Tucker Gleason should be under center for the Rockets. We will talk a little bit more about him. Uh we'll talk a little bit about their running game. Toledo's not only dynamic on offense, they're really good on defense. This is a really good team. It is no accident they are eleven and two overall. Uh you're right though. Uh it's gonna be very interesting. Headline in this one is definitely gonna be how will they how will they how will this offense adjust without Daquan Finn who who did a lot of things with his legs how will how will they uh, compensate for that not to mention they lost their best offensive lineman as well who will be heading to Texas Tech who uh,
3: was a left tackle
2: <laughs> yeah 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 pretty important position there so uh we'll get into the rockets of course we'll talk uh, we'll talk about this season uh, kind of wrap up a little bit this is our last Kickoff show of the year. Always happy to have this extra one. I <laughs> love being in a bowl
3: game. Nice little bonus, isn't it?
2: Yeah, not bad. But we got to start with Craig Bull. Um, 10 years on the sidelines in Laramie. Uh, depends if you're a half a glass half full kind of guy or a glass half empty kind of guy. I think how you look at Craig Bull's legacy in Laramie. Uh, he is a self admitted glass half empty guy. Um, but I, I choose to be the other one, especially talking about Craig. You know, you can look at that. You know, he can, if it, with a win over Toledo today, he can be over five hundred. Big deal. Um, we've talked about it till we're blue in the face. How those first two years were him completely rebuilding a program, and the six wins proved that. Um, he he implemented a run first offense. That is not what he stepped into in Laramie. He stepped into skinny offensive linemen with big splits and throwing the ball all over the yard. Brett Smith breaking damn near every record in the record book. And uh, turn that into a smash mouth will get you, you need an inch in the snow, you're getting an inch in the snow kind of football team. Cowboy tough, as they all like to call it. Uh, Craig Bowl really steadied the ship. And uh, I, I think he's left it in really good hands. He's left it in a really good spot. And he's probably also left it a good time.
3: Definitely. And when you look at his record, like, like you said, he's 500. We'll see today if he's one over or one under. And But what he's done for Wyoming football, the stability of it, the continuity of it's a winning program overall. I mean, when you look, take out those two years, six and 18 first two years of the program, um, he's turned them into a consistent bowl contender and a consistent bowl team. And you know, they competed for the, the mountain West championship one time. When you look back, Probably think there's chances of two others yeah. uh that that really loom large it, it really kind of make everybody mad <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you because they were there and and this is actually a year that they that was one of them as well that, yep. uh when you look at the mountain West was somewhat down, Boise State did show in the end that they were the team to be reckoned with, um but there was a lot of ups and downs with damn near every team in this league this year, yeah, and it was there for the taking
2: it really was. To me, that'll be my biggest takeaway from 2023. Um, Whatever changed at Air Force, the fake punt that changed everything in that game at Air Force, and to see that Wyoming probably chipped away at them a little bit to where they faded down the stretch. But, man, that one hurt, not to mention that exact night driving home from Colorado Springs— CSU pulls off the miracle of all miracles and beats Boise State. And you're thinking to yourself, man, the Cowboys would be feeling really good right now if they would have won that game at Air Force. Um, Then you have the no show at Boise State. Uh, That was just, that was painful. Um, I still don't, I'm interested in talking to some guys after the season off the record and saying, you know, all right, now you can tell me what the hell happened there.
3: Yeah, what really was going on that week? That was brutal. And of then, non-preparation. Right,
2: yeah, and coming off a of bye week. Yeah, and then uh, the UNLV, just the the punch in the mouth they took at the beginning, and they tried to battle back, and then just the interception before half just really buried them. So that's the glass half empty for me uh, because, you know, we can talk about how they beat Texas Tech, and I know people point to Texas Tech and say they didn't turn out to be as good as they they thought they were going to be. Well, maybe Wyoming had something to do with that. Uh, We saw that with Missouri. Wyoming punched Missouri in the face, and then they went on and lost to Vanderbilt the
3: next week. Texas Tech did lose their starting quarterback.
2: Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, And there was
3: some other issues that went on there as well, or factors, you know. Yeah. um, But they battled back. They got into a bowl game as well.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Penny Boone a little bit later. He's uh, Toledo's gigantic running back. And I asked defensive coordinator, soon-to-be head coach Jay Savell, what his thoughts were and if he could compare that kid to anybody the Cowboys have faced. He said, Taj Brooks... From Texas Tech. Uh, Wyoming held him to 39 yards on 11 carries. However, he, he eclipsed a 1,500-yard rushing mark this year. He rushed for more than 100 yards in nine games, and then the other ones that he didn't were 98 yards, 95 yards, 94 yards. He's a special back.
3: So he went for 1,261 in
2: 11 games. Yes. Yeah, really good player. Really good. good player. Yeah. So uh, the Texas Tech win was great. The, the miracle against App State. App State ended up being a pretty damn good team. Uh, you know the way they performed at Texas. I know some people out there are like, I'm tired of hearing about the moral victory, but that was a moral victory we're taking, folks. That, that team's in the Final Four right now. Uh, they are a really good program, and they are they're peaking. So, uh, really good outing there. And with your backup quarterback, Evan Spavodo. So, um, yeah. When it comes to Craig, I'm going to think about on the on the good side. He dominated the Border War. He killed it in the Colorado State series. He has shown that, you know what, every year CSU wins the offseason, and you come out you come out a recruiting day and signing day with CSU atop the standings with all these shiny three and four-star guys, and then they consistently lose to Wyoming. However, on the flip side, Craig Bowl, aside from one time, just could not solve Boise State, and we thought they were close, and they were getting closer, and the score was showing it was getting closer, and then this year happened. Whatever happened happened. But he gave Air Force fits, he took care of Colorado State, you know, he, I, I think you can also look back and say the Cowboys lost so many games they probably shouldn't have lost. You know, I think back to that massacre in Albuquerque back in 2016. Well, the,
3: several games against New Mexico. New
2: Mexico, yes, exactly. And then, uh, what, 75-72 or whatever it was in triple overtime in, at UNLV. And, and that's the team that made it to the Mountain West Championship game.
3: Hawaii in 2022. Hawaii, <laughs> yes.
2: I mean, there's just some absolute head scratchers. You know, that four-game losing streak in 2021, where you know, not scoring against Fresno State in two straight years. There are some absolute head scratchers, but it, the consistency, I guess, was the maddening part. And then also, you know, he's the longest tenured head coach in, in Wyoming history, but you look back and there's nothing in the trophy case as far as, you know, there's bull trophies, of course. but And there's bronze boots and Jim Bridger's rifle and the Paniolo trophy, but he never got the main one that we've all coveted since 1993, which was a shared title it's
3: hard to think about So it's back to 1988 for an outright title.
2: 1988 <laughs> and they would take a shared title in a heartbeat right now but you hope jay Savell, of course the new coach new head coach defensive coordinator tom berman promoted him uh you hope he's the one who's going to get him over this hump here and uh i know the players love him i Anybody, I get asked this all the time, Jared. You probably do too. How's this How's this OVL guy going to be? How's he going to do? Anybody who tells you would be lying out of the, lying through their teeth because they just we just don't know. He's never been a head coach at any level, but what we do know is the the players love him and they respect him, and I think we're seeing that in the transfer portal right now. The Cowboys have six absolute non factors in the transfer
3: portal right now, and that's that's unheard of in today's age. Yeah, and will there be some more after the game sure. today? Uh, of course there will be, yeah. there'll be some guys that are probably way down on the depth chart yep. and things like that. And maybe some walk-ons they, who still have to declare for the portal and things like that. But there's not going to be any players of, um, importance, put it that way. They're all important, but, of uh, too deep sure. guys. Um, and there might even be a couple of guys who announced they're coming back. You yep. said that they were going to be out leaving. So, um, we'll, we'll go from there.
2: And they just signed a 26-player class last week. They got a lot of guys coming in. They got a lot of youth. And uh, Frank Crum put it perfectly. A lot of guys aren't leaving this team because, A, they love, they love Jay Savell, but, B, there's a ton of starting spots open right now. There's a lot of, a lot of guys who can step in right now and, and make their case to be a starter next year.
3: Yeah, and the biggest, I, in my opinion, is the offensive line and a wide receiver. Yeah. A lot of um, open spots on those, in those two positions. And those two, um, you know, uh, position rooms that need to be addressed and addressed pretty quickly during spring ball.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, this this Alex Kahn guy, he's a guy who started his career in Nebraska, won a national title last year at Iowa Western. Uh, he's a guy I think that can step in right away, possibly for Frank Crum, or maybe Caden Barnett moves to that side, which, by the way, Caden Barnett had shoulder surgery. He will not be playing in today's Arizona Bowl. Other than that, Craig Bowles said they have a clean bill of health and everybody should be a go. It's always interesting in these games, too, to see who gets some time. Uh, so you hope to see some of these youngsters get some time. I know a lot of people are clamoring for Evan Saboto. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. But Andrew Peasley deserves this game, and he needs to play in this game.
3: Absolutely. He he needs to play as long as he can during this game. And can Wyoming get a big enough lead, and Evan comes in? Hopefully. You, hope. you know, that, that, that That's always there. But um, you've seen Evan throughout the year. A lot of times he'll come in, design running plays and things like that. Maybe we'll see a design pass play for a change instead of just him running off tackle for a first down.
2: Yeah, and one thing I'm really interested in today, Jared, which, you know, people have their own thoughts. Does this game really matter? I mean, I, I can't say that I walked out of last year's Arizona Bowl, which was a 30-27 overtime loss to Ohio. I didn't walk out of that like, oh, God, this season just went to hell in a handbasket. It really is kind of a... <laughs> I hate to downplay it and say like a glorified scrimmage, but in a lot it's cause it's good to see a new team, it's good to face a new challenge, all that, but you can't get too high or too low off these,
3: right? I think anything before New Year's Day anymore, those are the ball games that, that yeah. really are like you said, they're a glorified scrimmage and yeah, you, you take your you take a, a chip on your shoulder type of a deal and you, you can be mad for a few minutes about a loss or you could be really high for a few minutes for a win. But then again, it's like, oh, all right, off to the next season. Yeah, glad for the seniors to go out with a win. Yep, and Craig and, and Craig, and glad for the um, you know these underclassmen to get these extra fifteen practices and some playing time, things like that, and and start their off season workouts on the right note.
2: That's that's true, and you brought it up the fifteen extra practices plus the extra potential. Um, live rounds that you're facing in a game if, if these young kids get into this game. Um, last year, we saw Jalen Sargent make a catch. We saw Caleb Merritt get a catch. Uh, those are young guys that came into an actual game-type atmosphere and, and showed they could do it uh, and proved to themselves. What, I'm, what I want to see, it, it feels like Wyoming hasn't played a football game in about three years. <laughs> um, I want to see if what we saw from the offensive side of the football will continue on into this game because if it does, Toledo's in big trouble.
3: Absolutely. Those last two games of the season, Wyoming was clicking. The offense—it was—they huddled some a lot of the time, but it was still a more of a hurry-up offense that you see from a Wyoming team that you're, nobody's used to. Yeah. And um, even though if they were—they were, they were um, huddling, it was close to the line of scrimmage, and they weren't allowing any defensive substitutions type of a deal.
2: Also today, though, if they do what they did in those last two games, this would be a miracle because, as you know, Tim Polisek, the Wyoming's offensive coordinator, will not be in the booth today. He, uh, he's fully entrenched in Fargo at North Dakota State as the new head coach there. We don't know who's calling the plays. Um, we'll be able to ask Craig that, but I don't know if they're going to show their hand. They wouldn't even let us know who was going to be the running back last year <laughs> in this game. So it'll be interesting to see who's calling the plays and kind of what we're going to see.
3: You got a whopping five minutes the other day yeah, at practice. Yeah, so. yeah, didn't get much. Whoa, hey, wait a minute, guys. Yeah. Uh, but
2: Well, and is anybody
3: auditioning? I'm going to say no.
2: I'm going to say that. no, too, but just for argument's sake.
3: Let Andrew Peasley make some of the calls himself. That's I like that. Quarterbacks are in the flow of the game. They're seeing the field just like the coaches are for the most part. They know, what's, they know the tendencies of some of these players, too. Andrew's watched dang near as much film as any of the offensive staff has. Yeah. And if, if he sees certain tendencies from defensive players, like if they're showing blitz, if they're not, where certain guys are lined up, let him audible. Let him, or let him just play backyard football. Jared just blew my
2: question, my postgame question.
3: <laughs> Sorry about that.
2: <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I didn't think about that. I honestly didn't think about that. That's a great idea. Would love to see him do that. And I want to see Andrew have a day, man. He's played six years. He has faced all the adversity in the world. I really want to see this kid come out and tear it up. Like you said earlier, I want to see him tear it up so much that not only does Foboda get in this game, he gets in the game and actually gets to drive this offense.
3: Yeah, that would be a wonderful thing to happen today. That's for sure. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a lot of changes. There already has been a lot of changes, but after this game, I can't help but look past this game a little bit, Jared, because there's going to be a lot of changes, man. Jay Sovell's the new head coach. Aaron Bull is the new defensive coordinator. He's never been a DC. Savell's never been a head head coach. Um, Evan Sabota has already basically been named number one. He is named number one going into the off season. He's all but given the the keys and been named the starter for, for next season's opener at Arizona state in his home state. Um, you're going to have a new OC, which that hire is not expected till early January. You're going to have a new safeties coach. Uh, Andrew Peasley's playing his last game, Cole Goodbow, Easton Gibbs, Frank Crum, and a whole host of other guys. They're never going to play in this uniform again. So it's it, it, once that clock, once that clock strikes all zeros, Wyoming football is going to look a little different. And oh, by the way, in J Sawville's contract, it doesn't start till January 1st. So for one day, there's not going to be a head coach at the University of Wyoming. So uh, be on the lookout in Tucson. You might see some kids out there uh, having too much fun.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> a lot of the times that they, they, they will fly back. The charter will come back after the game today and a limited number of players will be on that flight yeah. because the only ones that are going to be on there are the ones with vehicles um sitting at the high altitude center in laramie yeah the other ones will fly directly home to finish out their um holiday break
2: and their families are all in tucson anyway so uh yeah i will say after as a fan went to the las vegas bowl in 2004 went to a uh An adult establishment will say after the game. You, (laughs) eighteen and up. Oh, Uh, almost the entire Wyoming roster was in there after they beat (laughs) UCLA, Um, and that was just a dream come true for a young punk like me. Because I was like, "Oh my God, all the Wyoming players are in here. They're having fun, man. They're off the clock." (laughs) It was good to see. You don't get to see that part of these guys sometimes.
3: And that, I mean, that's almost that's nineteen years ago (laughs) when that happened. And crazy in today's world, though. A lot of that stuff doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. These players, I mean, they're smoking cigars on the the sidelines in the locker rooms. Yeah. Well, some of them are. Yeah. But I mean, that stuff never used to happen. They had all these strict rules about everything. So much of that stuff has gone by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, could you shoot? You never know. Craig Bull may even have a Manhattan with several of these players when they get back to Laramie. That'd be awesome. You never know. That'd be awesome. Think
2: they carry him off the field? You think he'd even allow that to happen if they win this
3: game? Yes, I think they do. I think they should. That will be the telling tale of how much they really care about Craig Ball.
2: <laughs> I, I think that too, but I also think Craig could be one of those guys that's like, no way, don't even think about it, and especially when he's going out to shake hands with the, the opposing coach, he will not be on anybody's shoulders
3: doing that. He might even smack somebody over the head with his headset. <laughs> Put me
1: down. Put me down,
3: yeah. (laughs) I'm not going out like this.
2: (laughs) Well, let's hear from Jay Sovell, the new head coach, uh, announced December 6th uh, in Laramie. It was a quick, I just got an email the other day, I got to tell you, Um, a fan was not happy with the way Wyoming handled this and said it looked cookie cutter and it was was not professional and he can't believe how quickly they shoved a 10-year guy out the door and just hired some guy from within and... Didn't shoot off fireworks and didn't have the band and the cheerleaders and all that stuff. Craig Ball would not want it that way, and neither would Jay Savell. I even thought, why is Craig not having his one day in the sun, and then they announce Jay tomorrow?
3: He doesn't want it. Neither one of those guys are those type of people. No. And neither is Tom Berman no. or Ed Seidel no. or the entire Wyoming Board of Trustees, they're They're, not those type of people.
2: They said they could have filmed the players' reactions when they got the news from Craig and when they got the news from Jay. And they said, we decided we just don't do that. And I know Craig, for one, has told me he hates seeing those videos. He thinks they're fake. I disagree wholeheartedly, and I love watching those videos. But I get where he's coming from.
3: I do to a certain extent, but you're right about we do probably need to see more of those type of videos from from the department because... We all talk about what kind of exposure the barstool sports does for this Arizona Bowl that none of the other Bulls do on social media. Yeah. Wyoming gets so much more out of this social media wise, and that's just another conduit to it yep. is doing those type of videos for when somebody's awarded a scholarship or whatever else there may
2: be. Yep, absolutely. Let's hear from the new head man, Jay Savell.
0: So I'm very blessed that in a first time head coaching job, And I'm not coming into a situation where I have to replace an entire department or replace entire entire areas within the department. I know what everybody's about in this building, and they're about the right things. They're about the players. And, you know, the second message I gave to the players today, and it's the message that it's going to be, you know, as we go forward on everything, there's two goals. You're going to get your degree. We're going to win a Mountain West championship. And if it doesn't work toward those two goals, we're not doing it. And that's the goal. That's the bottom line to it. And coaches ran, I told him yesterday, it was like a four-by-four relay, right? He ran the first three laps of it, and he's handed me a baton with a couple hundred meters to go. Everything's in place for us to to take steps and have great success and, and continue to build on what's here. And now we've got to do that. And that's the challenge I have. That's the goal I have. That's why I'm so excited to be here doing this, and uh, I couldn't be more thankful for this opportunity. I've embraced Wyoming. I love Wyoming. If I didn't love Wyoming, I wouldn't have a, a kid that's going to school here, and uh, I'm, I'm so excited. I cannot wait, but when all this is done today, I'm actually still going to go look forward to just going upstairs, putting some sweats on, and being the defensive coordinator for the next few weeks so we can send Coach Bowl out the right way and, and, and get a win in this last game and cap off a really good season.
2: That's Jay Avell, who will be taking the reins January 1st, taking over for Craig Bowl, who's been here for 10 years, the longest tenured head coach in Wyoming football history. We're going to take a quick break here. On the flip side, we'll talk about Tucker Gleason, the new quarterback for the Toledo Rockets, their unbelievable running back Penny Boone uh, how good they are on both sides of the ball. Tough, tough task ahead today for the Wyoming Cowboys here in Tucson. This first segment of the 7220sports.com kickoff show is presented in part by WyoLotto When the pokes win, you win too. Learn more at WyoLotto.com The 7220 kickoff show is also presented by the Brown and Gold, Dickie's Barbecue Pit WyoLotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented in part by WyoLotto. When the pokes win, you win too. Learn more at WyoLotto.com.
0: quarterback that we're expecting to play, he was a lot better than what we were hoping that he would be. Yeah. You know, um, he throws the ball in good rhythm. He throws it in good timing. There were times that the one that is leaving there held the ball a long time and relied on his athleticism and stuff like that. I think they can be much more in rhythm as an offense and do those things. Um, he's got a good arm. Um,
2: that was Wyoming defensive coordinator, Jay Sawvell on Toledo quarterback, Tucker Gleason. Uh, it doesn't sound like he sucks, which is unfortunate <laughs> for the Wyoming <laughs> Cowboys Jared Newland.
3: That is kind of funny how they worded it. <laughs> I wish he <laughs> would have been a little bit worse. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's not bad, but they were going to get a good quarterback regardless, apparently. Yeah. So it's okay that Wyoming's facing another tough quarterback, uh, going into this game today. And he might be a little bit more of a threat on the ground, it sounds like. Yep. Is
2: that right? Yep. Uh, he could be. I mean, Daquan Finn was stupid on the ground. I mean, he he was a uh, lights out, 600-yard kind of guy. Um, Tucker Gleason, though, he ran for 100 yards in a game last year, threw for three touchdowns, and ran for two more in that same game. This year, in in Toledo's uh, opening MAC game against Western Michigan, which – as you know, they went 8-0 in the MAC. Uh, that wouldn't have been possible without old Tucker Gleason pulling him out of the fire there against the Broncos. They won that game 49-31. He came in for an injured Finn and completed 6 of 10 passes through two touchdowns, uh, ended up with 109 yards, also rushed three times for 18 yards. But to have a guy come in cold like that and just not really skip a beat. Uh, Jay Savell mentioned numerous times that, This guy, Daquan Finn, made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what a lot with his legs. Uh, Tucker Gleason's more of a rhythm guy who can just get it out of his hand and and get the the play going. So I think they're excited about him. I did read something from the the Toledo Blade uh, local newspaper that said they feel almost better. I don't know if they're saying this just to say it for their fan base or whatever, but they feel almost better having Tucker Gleason under center. I don't know if I'm buying that, but uh, he's not bad.
3: Yeah, I don't know why would they, they would say something like that. I'm sure there's a lot of ill will towards Finn for leaving the yeah. way he did, announcing it the day after the championship game and so forth. But, yeah. he's obviously good enough. He signed it a P five, he's going to Baylor, where they love to air it out. And I mean, is he the next RG three at Baylor? Maybe he is. Who knows? Boy, they're hoping so. But they're also down a starting left tackle, who is one of the best offensive linemen in the MAC. And they're they're also down a backup running back and a and a cornerback
2: today. Yeah, and a safety.
3: Yep. Yeah. So
2: yeah, they've lost a few guys to the portal. I think this was one of those years for Toledo where it was all in. And if we don't end up winning it and getting into a new year's bowl um i think they knew the band would probably break up a little
3: bit but i did say backup running back because their starter penny boone is <laughs> yeah. 6'1 242 and he's rushed for over 1400 yards
2: he's really good um
3: only at 7.2 a clip
2: yeah only seven to a clip Talked to white eckler about him and he said man he is an absolute load we talked about it in the first segment jay Savell compared him to Taj brooks from uh texas tech uh when you look at penny who he is a uh He's a transfer as well. Um, what you're going to hear a million times on the broadcast tomorrow or today is you're going to hear about all these guys who've transferred from all over the planet Earth. He came from Maryland. He's also a Detroit native. Uh, just you look here in September to late October, a five game stretch, he rushed for 100 plus yards in every one of those games, including a 211 yard outing against Western Michigan. Uh, finished with 15 touchdowns. He can, already, all, he can also catch the ball in the backfield, 15 grabs. 219 yards. Uh, Cowboys haven't had that in their repertoire out of the backfield since Xavier have uh, I think Harrison Whaley can do it, and what we've been hearing is Harrison Whaley, this is the healthiest he's been since he's arrived on campus. That's
3: great to hear um, for Wyoming fans for sure. I mean, one thing Penny Boone did do, he stayed healthy. Yeah. I mean, you don't rush for 1,400 yards uh, without staying healthy and, and going for five 5 in a row at a 100 yards. Uh you know if just think back if if uh our guy could do that, you know. Yeah. I mean oh. because he, he not healthy for a lot of the season and it's great to hear that he is at a 100% and the healthiest has been all year, year because Wyoming's going to need that uh because they don't have a lot of backups.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um however, even uh, I asked Gordy Aug, the running back coach and executive director of recruiting for Wyoming uh last week on signing day. They didn't have one running back, one signed running back all day. They ended up getting a preferred walk-on out of the Kansas City area. Um, But they are really comfortable with a healthy Harrison Whaley, don't blame them at all, uh, and a healthy DeWine McNeely. That could be a really good one-two punch. They also still really like uh, Jamari Farrell, and they really like Sam Scott. So, We'll see. Uh, I'm just shocked. They always load up at running
3: Well, it's back. a very odd thing to say because neither McNeely or Whaley have proven they can stay healthy.
2: <laughs> very true. Well, and if you recall, this time last year, it was who the hell is going to play running back? Um, Titus Swin was obviously dismissed from the team. DeWine McNeely was too banged up to play. LJ Richardson's plane from Omaha got delayed, so he missed practice. They didn't let him play. Uh they had to bring over a linebacker and they had to they had no guys with any experience. They had to bring in Vaughn, uh Jordan Vaughn, who is now at Abilene Christian. They had to bring him in. I believe he started the game, and they had him and basically the linebacker. Sam Scott. <laughs> that was that was pretty much it.
3: Who has proven he can be a pretty good running back? He yeah. Forty eight attempts for two thirty seven. Uh saw what know, he did against two Texas. TDs. Tech. Yep. Yeah.
2: So. yeah and of course you remember Joey Brash who was supposed to be penciled in as the starter for that game he also entered the transfer portal and has since landed nowhere and is not on a roster Penny Boone kid though man he's the real deal uh, just looking at these numbers it's real what pops out to me is it's hard to believe in the opener at Illinois they only lost that game 30 to 28 and as you saw Illinois did not have a very good season he rushed he only carried the ball nine times for 29 yards in that game you've got to feed that guy way more than that and it's really kind of shocking to see but then the next week it was more out of necessity they didn't need they didn't need him they beat texas southern 71 to 3 he only carried the ball 6 times for 39 yards but he did score three touchdowns on those six carries they didn't really need him in that one so i think that was more of a don't get hurt then he just went on a five game absolute five-game tear, and then close the regular season with a 131-yard performance against Bowling Green, and then back that up with a 186-yard performance against Central Michigan. However, uh, the championship game against Miami of Ohio, kind of tells the tale. 11 carries, 41 yards.
3: And that's that's what I'm wondering if Wyoming's going to be looking at a lot of game film from that, that championship game. Yeah. Or, or has looked at a lot of game film because they did get – they got stumped there. Yeah. And they – if if they win that game, they're in a New Year's Day game. Yeah, that's all there is to it. Yeah. So.
2: And Penny Boone, a Detroit guy. Daquan Finn, a Detroit guy. You think they would have had extra motivation to go into Ford Field? Maybe in they Detroit? were
3: down the street at one of those establishments <laughs> the, you were talking yeah, the about. Greek casinos, maybe <laughs> in Yeah. <Greek town. laughs>
2: Yeah, th- this team is really good. You have a lot of the numbers here, but uh, back to Tucker Gleason here for a second. You guys probably remember a guy named C.J. Harris took the reins last year for Ohio, their backup quarterback in this game. He threw for two touchdowns, including one of the prettiest passes I've ever seen to the tight end right over the top of Shay so we know how to win that game. I happen to be about two feet away from that catch. Uh, it was just perfection. Uh, he looked very comfortable, and Wyoming made him look very comfortable a lot of that game, but... On the flip side, Wyoming didn't have a lot of cornerbacks either. They didn't have any wide. They didn't have any running backs in that game. They certainly didn't have any corners. Uh, DeRon Harrell playing very injured. Jacory Hawkins playing hurt. Uh, of course, Colby Taylor got kicked out of that game early for a helmet-to-helmet hit. They were really, really, really thin on the back end against this team. But Ohio pulled it out. They won that game. A backup quarterback. We've seen this play out before.
3: Yeah, and he's had thirty-plus days to prepare. Yeah. Or right around
2: that. And the kids, Tucker's played 15 games. He's appeared in 15 games. And he, you know, he originally came from Georgia Tech. So, I mean, he was a a guy. He was a guy, for sure. He's obviously
3: a very smart kid. Yeah. He started his career at Georgia Tech. So, he's going to know the playbook, and he's not going to make very many mistakes, put it that way. And as a whole, Toledo is a very balanced team. Uh, you know they average 202 on the ground and 223 through the air. Mm-hmm. Will that change today? Will it be somewhat unbalanced because of the change at quarterback? Um, we'll see. Uh, but but they they are a very very strong team in both sides of the ball.
2: Yeah, ranked 33rd overall in total offense, 426 yards per game. They're 11th in the FBS in rushing. Uh, and then you look, you know, when I'm looking through these numbers, I'm thinking, okay, where where are their warts? Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, they're even better, 29th overall in the country in total defense.
3: Yeah, they only give up 147 um, on the ground and 182 through the air, which kind of, I mean, that's about what Wyoming <laughs> averages anyway. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it, it's playing right into that hand. But, yeah, overall, 330 a game. That's that's crazy in, in today's age.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And they're also 23rd in the country on third down offense, third down efficiency. Um, so they stay on the field. I did find a couple of warts. Um, they're one of the most ten- penalized teams in the country, um, and I know we actually Wyoming seemed to draw a lot of penalties this year, didn't they? And they're still ranked in the top ten of least least penalized teams in the country.
3: Sometimes when Wyoming makes those penalties, they aren't accepted. Yeah, which you know <laughs> yeah. doesn't go into the stat book then because you, you're like like oh no not again that yellow hanky. Well that one's declined. Well thank goodness. Yeah, that yeah. you know, type of deal. But a lot then of five again, yarders too. but they still have made some really bad mistakes at inopportune times. Yeah. And hopefully that's a clean slate today.
2: Yeah, putting them behind the chains. A lot of jumps on first down that really put them behind the chains immediately. And I I don't know, this is maybe the old fan coming out at me, but you might remember that Boise State game. They have an 11-yard gain on first down. Gets called back on a hold and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> I swear it was that penalty that derailed him.
3: Well, it, it certainly assisted <laughs> yeah. to the downfall of that game. That's for sure. Because you're right. You never, then they get that first down, 11 yards. What happens on the next first down? Yeah. Maybe they get six, seven, eight, nine, 10 more. Yeah. And then maybe they go the distance. You never know what happens.
2: Yeah, never know. Uh another one, Wyoming is plus 10 in turnover margin. That's 10th in the country. Uh Toledo is minus 2. Um so that's you know, that's a little problematic, I would say. Um but they've been the MAC is a really weird conference. Um you're playing in a lot of empty venues, you're playing on weird days. Maybe you can get away when you have the talent they had, especially especially at running back and, and quarterback. They can probably overcome a lot of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, they are minus two in that regard. But then you go down, you look at sacks. They have 36 sacks in their 13 games. That's 17th in the country. Uh, nearly automatic in the red zone. 49 of 45 in the red zone. 42 of those have been touchdowns. So when they get inside the 20, they're, they're scoring a touchdown.
3: Absolutely, and a good field goal kicker. He's 10 of 13 this year. Uh, as Long's as only 44 yards, and he's had two blocks. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, Wyoming will definitely have to win the line of scrimmage today and also win the turnover battle. What will Wyoming's
2: place kicking look like? I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> Man, it's been a rough, rough, rough second half for John Oyland.
3: And you know what? Both times we've made these predictions and stuff like that. I'm going to go out on limb and saying he gets back on the right track today and is perfect in field goals. If it's one of one or if it's four of four.
2: Send all hate mail to Jared Newland.
3: (laughs) At 7220sports.com.
2: Actually, somebody was so pissed off at us, they called.
3: I still have that voicemail. (laughs) I wish we could play it on the air.
2: Uh, If I knew how to bleep stuff out, I would would play that on the air, but I'm not uh, technically sound enough to do anything like that uh, Cowboys and Rockets today, two thirty kickoff. Um, don't fret. This game's also on the CW. (laughs) Hopefully you have the CW. If not figure it out, you've only had a month to figure it out. Um, if not, you're going to watch on the stream on barstoolsports.com and you're going
3: to love it. And don't ask how to do that on (laughs) Facebook, because if you're on Facebook, you know how to get on BarstoolSports.com. And it's, I know
2: there's parts that aren't lovable for some, but um, it's so easy because you don't have to fill anything out. You literally just click on it and it plays.
3: And if you really have to, if you want to just listen to Keith and Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay.
2: Yep. It's okay, but it's on the CW, so, you know, I think I think they're even realizing that they need to get it to some different avenues and get, you know, that not everybody's into that kind of humor. And they, I'll tell you, though, Jared, this will be your first one, right? Have you been to the Arizona Bowl? I went in 2019. Okay, so that's when it was Nova Home Loans. Yep. It was still really good, yeah. really well put on. This one is, like, it's fun because, you know, they got a ton of stuff going in the parking lot. Um like Hooters is there. They're a huge sponsor of it. So there's Hooters girls everywhere, and they're handing out free wings galore, and there's games, and the bands come over and have a Battle of the Bands type of thing beforehand. And yeah, the
3: big, the big tailgate in the – I'm going to call it the quad because yeah. it's a big green – Green space area.
2: The only green space in Arizona.
3: <laughs> it it was fun, and um, we got tickets to to go to that again later on today.
2: Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It really is. They they do a good job. There's some goofy stuff, of course, but obviously I'm in the press box. I don't get to hear it. You're in the stands. You don't have to hear it either. Uh, I don't mind that kind of stuff, I mean, at all. But, I mean, we do have a lot of older fans in this, uh, in this base, so I know they're not huge fans of what Barstool does. I'm definitely not a Barstool nut by any stretch, but – it doesn't, uh, it doesn't affect me any.
3: Of and course. it's better than the alternative of not watching the Cowboys in bowl season at all.
2: Yeah, there you go. We're having a half-glass-full, half-glass-empty glass kind of day here. I like it. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the laundry list of changes that are coming out to this game. We talked about in the first segment. Evan Swoboda is, by all intents and purposes, the guy next year. And this is an exciting quarterback room. Uh, If you think about it, they just landed uh, Deion Batiste, a three-star kid out of Katy, Texas, who decommitted and flipped from Iowa State. Excited about him. Caden Anderson, also Southlake Carroll, an absolute power uh, on the high school football landscape there in the the, uh, DFW area. Um, He's coming off two torn ACLs. He was with the team this year, uh, so you'd like to think that he's got all the stuff upstairs. He just hasn't been able to maneuver much on that knee. Um, you got Jaden Clemens still hanging around. He's a guy who's had experience, had played meaningful football games, uh, won the border war, helped the Cowboys win the border war last year in Fort Collins. And then, um, you got Carson May, a former four-star recruit who started his career at Iowa, moved on to Coffeyville in uh, Kansas, and now is at Wyoming. Uh, Evan's been here for two years. He sat for two years and he's been behind Peasley and, uh. I want to play a clip here, this is Andrew Peasley talking about Svoboda and I think it's really impactful and I think it's really good and it kind of shows what's coming down the pike.
0: Seeing him today, you know, being able to make football plays and, and understand the game of football, it's, it's pretty impressive and uh, there's been two quarterbacks that I've been around that I think have crazy amount of talent and one was Jordan Love and Evan. The way the ball comes out of his hands, is his size, his mobility. Um, very happy. I'm excited for him. I was talked to my wife last night. I was like, I'm pumped to watch Evan play next year because I think he has an opportunity. You know, he's had two years to sit and learn, mm-hmm. um, and he's gonna take the reins. And he's had a little experience, obviously, in the big stage in Texas. Like that's a big deal. So it's really excited for him.
2: Andrew Peasley says Evan Sabota. He's been around with two special quarterbacks in his life. One of them is Evan Sabota, who's started all of one game in his entire college career. And the other is Jordan Love, who is starting for the Green Bay Packers. That says a lot. And he also talked about how he told his wife, I can't wait to watch Evan as a fan. Can't wait to see what this kid does. Because you know what I think Andrew's thinking? And I'm putting words in his mouth. That guy could be another stud who ends up in the league one day. And I can say, hey, I kind of minored that. Or I did minor that kid. And I knew, I knew, my eyes didn't deceive me. That kid's special.
3: Are you talking about maybe the next quarterback coach at Wyoming? <laughs> I, I would love that. <laughs> that would be cool I would if they love just that. Especially, even if it's just as a GA. You know, he he's like you said he's mentored Evan and obviously Evan has a lot of respect for Andrew.
2: He does. And he knows Andrew uh he he has a ton of respect for him. He absolutely loves this kid and uh Andrew is man, I I it's so weird when you talk about legacies. When you look back on Andrew Peasley, what's his legacy? People are going to dump on that kid and I think it is so unwarranted. I just don't think it's warranted at all.
3: It's just fans being fans, especially in the heat of the moment. They get really upset yeah. on the ups and downs of, a, of a, any Saturday yeah. throughout the year. You know, especially if it's a loss that's even an ugly loss. But you also have to remember, he win, he's won a lot of games very ugly too. Yeah. But they still won. Yeah. Would you rather have him go 29 of 31 for 350 and lose? Or do you rather him go 5 of 19 um, for 100 yards and win a game? Yeah. And I basically
2: mean, unbeatable at home. And this is a kid who he answered the help wanted ad that Craig Bull in the football program, I guess, embarrassingly, would that be the word, put out on social media saying, basically, please come here. We've had Carson Wentz. We've had Josh Allen. Like, we need a quarterback badly. And uh, he answered the call. And at first, when they got him, I said, yeah, I remember thinking he was hyped at Utah State. Um, I hate having anything from Utah be at Wyoming is my second thought. <laughs> he's
3: Oregonian. Yeah,
2: yeah, oh yeah. He's not a Utah guy at all. But um that was my first initial thoughts, and I remember he just it never seemed like he could break the lineup, and then when he did, he would get injured and, and uh but he had a lot of upside. I I do remember that and I've just I've enjoyed the hell out of covering Andrew Peasley. I think he's accountable, he's wise beyond his years, he doesn't make excuses. Uh, the coaches were the ones making excuses for him last year. Uh, they were just like, man, this is a hard offense to learn. And he has never played with a tight end and he's never huddled. He's never been
3: under center. That's one phrase I hope I don't hear anymore. <laughs> this is a hard offense I to know, learn. I know. <laughs>
2: I know. Hopefully those days are uh, retiring too.
3: <laughs> Close that book and that chapter.
2: I'm with you. Uh, here's Evan Sabota. I talked to him last week. Um, he had just talked to Jay Savell. Jay told him, here's the keys. Don't crash the car. However, the best player is going to play.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it gives me all the confidence in the world, especially to go start in Austin. You know, moving, you know, after that game moving forward, it's just everything in me. I was like, you know, I went in there. I played against the number four team in the country at the time. You know, I did, you know, fairly well. It's, you know, that's moving forward. You're just like, what can't you not do? Mm-hmm. You just, you just got to keep playing and have fun. So.
2: How could you not have a boatload of confidence like Evan Sabota when you walk into Austin, Texas, in that atmosphere with 110,000 people breathing down your neck?
3: And what even made it better for him is that Whaley goes 70 or 69 yards or whatever it was on that first drive of the game and scores a touchdown. Yeah, That just lifted a huge weight off of his shoulder. And for three quarters, he was dang near flawless.
2: Yeah, uh, and I think that throw at the end that was pick six. I think he was just forcing it, and we could all feel it in the building. The, the The tide had turned,
3: and he had had a touchdown taken away on the last drive of the game as well.
2: True. Yeah, he had a touchdown to Welch, I believe. I believe
3: it was. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Had that taken off? So honestly, Evan has still not thrown a touchdown pass. He did run for one against Hawaii in the in the home finale, but I'm I'm really excited about this kid. I really am. And I know some fans are saying, Why the hell would you name a guy right now? and all that he's been here for two years, man. We said it last week on the podcast.
3: It's it might help him that maybe they, they know him a mm-hmm. lot better than any of us do, folks. Yeah. And maybe it's gonna let him go into the off season saying, You know what? This is my to lose. Yeah. And maybe he's better taking the lead on something like this than um actually fighting for something. Yep.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. I do too. I love it.
3: Wyoming and Toledo, 230
2: kickoff. Wyoming a three-point favorite in this game. Jared, we're running out of time here. What do you foresee happening today?
3: I think you're going to see a lot of
2: points today.
3: I, I say Wyoming 33, Toledo 24, and it might even be more high scoring than that.
2: I'm a little nervous to think that because I don't know who's calling plays for Wyoming. I have no idea what this is gonna look like um i'm I'm excited as hell to see what they're gonna do here and to see if it's drastically different or if it's uber conservative or what it's gonna be. I have no idea I don't know what's gonna happen, but I just I've had this daydream for the last month that uh Craig Ball is going to get carried out of Arizona stadium. I really feel like that's going to happen. He's going to get a Gatorade shower and he's going to get carried out. And he has really fought his emotions throughout this thing. And when you ask him about his own personal stuff, he shifts it right to the team or starts going on a tangent about the state of college football. I think we get to see Craig Ball's true emotions today after this one.
3: I agree. And if he is wearing his white wyoming script jacket make sure the gatorade is clear or its water
2: because <laughs> don't stain that thing he is the only one in existence <laughs> jared thanks for a great year it's been awesome it's been fun we'll do it again next year this has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the brown and gold the show is also sponsored in part by dickie's barbecue pit y-o lotto papa murphy's pizza rocky mountain shirtworks and lovejoy's bar and grill Thank you for joining us for Jared Newland. I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next, right here on KOWB.
3: Some places take you away, some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with
0: something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water,
3: and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest
1: safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.